Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts with a look at California agricultural news. Early registration for the 2024 Crop Consultant Conference hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and Western Region Certified Crop Advisors is now open. The popular event for certified crop advisors, pest control advisors, grower applicators, and industry professionals is the mainstay for all continuing education needs this year and will take place on September 25th and 26th at the Visalia Convention Center. Visit myaglife.com slash events for the early discounted rate of $275 per person, which includes the live conference, a trade show with 70-plus exhibits, first-class dining, entertainment, and a mixer. We'll see you there. According to the latest USDA National Agricultural Statistics Service's Milk Production Report for California, milk production during January totaled 3.53 billion pounds, down 0.1% from January of 2023 and up 2.5% from December of 2023. The number of milk cows on farms in California was 1.71 million head, down 9,000 from January of 2023 and unchanged from December of 2023. Milk production per cow in California averaged 2,065 pounds, up 10 pounds from January of 23 and up 50 pounds from December of 2023. The world's largest annual food exhibition was in Dubai recently. It was an opportunity for California to present products and companies to buyers across the globe. While in Dubai, California was able to partner with the USDA, the California Milk Advisory Board, the California Walnut Commission, along with the Western U.S. Agricultural Trade Association, California Grown, and other U.S. partners to bring in a taste of California to the UAE. Events included promotions at two retail chains, seminars, and demonstrations at the International Center for Culinary Arts, as well as a showcase exhibition at the Gulford Food Show in partnership with the Fresno Center for International Trade Development. These events build collaborations and partnerships to expand market opportunities for California farmers and ranchers. California agricultural exports to UAE are valued at more than $457 million, representing approximately 39% of all U.S. agricultural exports to the country. Top exports include tree nuts, processed tomatoes, and dairy products. The Port of Oakland is a refrigerated cargo powerhouse. It ranks number one by TEU, volume and refrigerated export trade among the United States ports. Oakland has ranked first among all U.S. ports in international reefer export TEUs for seven consecutive years. The total commercial value of reefer exports through Oakland reached $7.1 billion in 2023. The port and its partners have made significant investments in state-of-the-art temperature-controlled facilities over the past seven years, including Coolport, PCC Logistics, and Custom Goods, according to Port of Oakland Maritime Director Brian Brands. He says with this additional cargo capacity and value-added services, they have been able to consistently attract the reefer export business. The Port of Oakland is a premier export gateway for refrigerated products due in part to its central location on the U.S. West Coast. The port is often the last U.S. port of call for container ships before they set sail for Asia. Therefore, refrigerated cargo can arrive fresher to overseas markets by leaving from Oakland. In 2023, the Port of Oakland's reefer export volumes increased by 4%, while total U.S. volumes for temperature-sensitive exports declined by 20%. The port increased its overall market share of reefer exports by 4.1% from 142 to 18.3%. Top reefer commodities exported from the port are beef, pork, fruits, dairy products, and vegetables. 
In a significant development within the agricultural sector, Trinidad's Farming LLC, a Central Valley almond grower, has sought Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The entity, an investment vehicle established by Redwood City-based Trinidad's Partners in 2015, is grappling with approximately $188 million in debt. Trinidad's Farming's portfolio spans 17 almond ranches across Fresno, Tulare, San Joaquin, Contra Costa, and Solano counties, covering just over 7,800 acres. The restructuring strategy involves the divestor of these almond ranches. Among the debts disclosed are a $130 million term loan and an additional $31 million in delayed draw loans from Rabo Ag, alongside obligations to the 20 largest unsecured creditors amounting to over $26.6 million. The almond company in Madera emerges as the largest unsecured creditor with a $9.2 million claim. In a bid to sustain operations through its reorganization, Trinidad's Farming is seeking a court approval for a $30 million loan. According to court filings, the bankruptcy filing comes at a critical juncture in the almond growing season, with Trinidad's facing immediate financial requirements to maintain its orchards. The collapse of Trinidad's follows the downfall of Prima Wawona, another entity managed by a private equity fund, hinting at a broader trend affecting land values and agricultural real estate. Industry experts predict a challenging period ahead with potential impacts on land prices and market dynamics influenced by various factors including commodity prices and water availability. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has imposed sanctions on three produce businesses for failing to meet contractual obligations to the sellers of produce they purchased and failing to pay reparation awards issued under the Perishable Agricultural Commodities Act. These sanctions include suspending the business's PACA licenses and barring the principal operators of the businesses from engaging in PACA-licensed business or other activities without approval from USDA. The following businesses and individuals are currently restricted from operating in the produce industry. Of those that are restricted from operating in a produce industry is Paramare Incorporated, doing business as D. DeFranco & Sons, operating out of Los Angeles for failing to pay a $31,200 award in favor of a Florida seller. As of the issuance date of the reparation order, Gerald S. DeFranco, Paul F. DeFranco, and Richard J. DeFranco were listed as the officers, directors, and or major stockholders of the business. California Assemblymember Joaquin Arambula has introduced legislation to require employees to obtain heat illness prevention certification from the California Division of Occupational Safety and Health within 30 days after their date of hire and to maintain a certification during employment in industries subject to California's outdoor heat illness prevention regulation. If enacted as proposed, the legislation, which is Assembly Bill Number 2264, it would go into effect on July 1st of 2028 and require, among other things, that employers pay for employees' time and expenses associated with obtaining certification. Carbon Robotics has announced a track laser weeder, a new model of its proven laser weeder and two software enhancements, which include spatial data intelligence in the Carbon Ops Center and multi-language support in the iPad operator app. By incorporating these advancements, Carbon Robotics not only addresses the diverse needs of farmers in various regions, but also empowers them with actionable farm data, aligning seamlessly with the evolving demands of agriculture. The Track Laser Weeder offers a custom track system built in collaboration with Saucy and GK Machine and was designed with growers to extend the laser weeder's usability across diverse soil types, including muck soil, according to the company. 
By equally distributing the laser weeder's weight, the tracks minimize compaction and allow the machine to enter fields earlier in the season despite challenging conditions. The first track laser weeders are complete and are staged for delivery beginning this month. Carbon Robotics also introduced visualized spatial data available to all laser weeder customers. This innovative offering allows growers to access field, crop, and wheat metrics using the Carbon Ops Center, including stand count, density, type, average size, and distribution. This data allows growers to identify and address areas with inconsistencies or surprising results and provides them with quantitative crop stand counts early after planting and well before harvest, once again, according to company information. Carbon Robotics has also incorporated multi-language support into its intuitive iPad operator app, now supporting seven additional languages, including Spanish, French, German, Danish, Dutch, Polish, and Romanian. This feature allows field operators to utilize the app, alerts, and carbon support more effective by reducing language barriers. Overtime pay for farm workers who typically work longer hours during peak seasons has been a much debated issue for years. The implementation of California Assembly Bill 1066, the Phase-In Overtime for Agricultural Workers Act of 2016, was supposed to help farm workers gradually receive the same overtime pay as most other industries. In reality, many farm workers have seen a decrease in pay over the past five years since the bill was signed into law by Governor Jerry Brown in 2019. Anna Genesi, Communication and Education Director for Stanislaus County Farm Bureau, said that while the law's intent came from a good place, its outcome has been detrimental for farm workers and growers alike. It took a look at the ag workday, which was traditionally a 60-hour week, a 10-hour day. Um, that was embedded in our, in our wage and hour system um, for production agriculture. And it's, it is in the process of scaling it back to a eight-hour workday, 40-hour week. And the powers that be um, that were working on this legislation hoped and thought that what would result would be more take-home for a farm employee. Um, And at the time, I can tell you, California Farm Bureau was very heavily involved in this. um, And as they say, a lot of things were, you know, left on the the floorboards as they talked through things. But Eventually, it it passed, and there is there is currently this phase in process. So small growers had a little longer to implement. Larger growers had a a, a more strict deadline. Um, and so where we're sitting right now, this is February of 2024. Um, if you are a grower with more than 26 employees. Um, we have ripped the Band-Aid off. You are down to an eight-hour workday, a 40-hour work week. And if you have less than 25 employees, January 1st of 2025, you will be at the same place. Janese said that in addition to the implementation of a reduction of work hours, minimum wage continues to go up and is trying to keep up with inflation. A recent study by UC Cooperative Extension Specialist Alexandra Hill found that the state's farm workers worked a total of 15,000 to 45,000 fewer hours and earned a total of 6 million to 9 million less on their weekly paychecks than they would have without this law in place, since many companies can't afford to pay the overtime. You know, in a perfect world, it would have resulted in farm workers taking home, having a larger take home and ag employers being able to stay in business. What has resulted and it just came out in this new study is um, ag employers have had to reduce the amount of 
hours that they're asking folks to work. And the end result is farm workers are now taking home less. Patty Lopez has worked for Duarte Nursery in Houston, California since 1989. Today, the company is the largest permanent crop nursery in the country. She says she loves her job and loves working in agriculture, but says AB 1066 has had a major effect on her livelihood. In this situation, all of us, we were working so happy here, getting the money that we need to support our families. We were so happy at that time. Working for a great company gave us the opportunity to support our families in a good way. But then start with new bills. We talk about the bill AB 1066 starting in 2019, mm-hmm. 20, all this. Now that it's implementing, it's hurting us a lot, especially us as farm workers. Lopez, who immigrated to California from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, says she has been living the American dream, but her lower wages are making it harder to hang on to that way of life. She says she has to watch her bills much more closely since her paychecks have decreased, being more mindful of what she spends on gas and groceries, and the family trips she used to plan each year are no longer possible, especially paired with today's inflation. We had the opportunity to buy our house, our cars, and support our families in a good way because at that time we were working 10 hours per day, 60 hours per week, giving us a good income to support our family. Uh, now uh, our kids started getting to school, college, graduations, and everything. Thanks God that we can support that at that time. But now it becomes harder. Mm-hmm. Now it's hard for the, the parents to support the family with this kind of lot. It's hurting a lot because now the people, we can work only 40 hours. Can you compare 16 from, from 60 to 40 hours? It's a reduction of 33% on our income every week. Every week. 33%. We can do the math. Everything that it was more easy before for us to get, now we have to get only what exactly we need. Janacy says laws like AB 1066 aren't sustainable in the long run for the ag industry. When I think about sustainability and long-term for agriculture staying in California, gang, like you need to care where your food comes from, right? This is a, this is a security thing. I know after working in this industry my entire life, we produce the best, the safest food supply in the entire world. Folks say, well, we don't want, you know, factory farms or industry farms. But the way that the legislation is going right now, the laws and regulations and these changes that are impacting us, that's what's happening Mm -hmm. is folks are having to get really, really big in order to spread the cost of regulatory requirements over more acres. Um, and it's and we're literally creating what we don't want. You can learn more about the effects of AB 1066 on California farm workers and link to the full study at ucanr.edu's news and events page. For My Ag Life, this is Kristen Platts. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall says it's critical that Congress finishes a farm bill this year. Well, there are only a few pieces of legislation that are more significant than the farm bill when it comes to helping our farmers secure our food supply. 
Farm Bill is essential to our farmers and ranchers as it ensures funding for risk management tools that are important to them. Farming is difficult and risky business, and the Farm Bill helps farmers weather the storms. Even though Congress passed an extension of the 2018 Farm Bill, getting a new Farm Bill done is still a priority of ours. Farmers and ranchers need and deserve a modernized Farm Bill that reflects changes our industry has gone through in the last five years. Duval says Farm Bureau members are sending a clear message to Congress, and that message is the Farm Bill can't wait. We ask our members to step up to the plate to advocate for this issue, and boy, have they done that. Our members have sent more than 10,000 messages to their senators and representatives asking them to get the Farm Bill done. We've had messages from all over the country in nearly every state. Our members from California to Florida to Texas to Minnesota have made their voices heard. He encourages all farmers and ranchers to get involved in Farm Bill advocacy. The best thing you can do is reach out to your elected official and tell them how the Farm Bill is important to your farm. You can share your story about how the Farm Bill has helped you and what you would like to see written in the new Farm Bill. If you're not already a Farm Bureau member, we encourage you to join us by going to your local county Farm Bureau and getting involved with the grassroots. Learn more at fb.org front slash advocacy. USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack recently explained how a circular ag economy could provide not only financial but social benefits to rural America. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain has the story. The theme of the 100th USDA Agricultural Outlook Forum was cultivating the future. That theme has also been a focal point of Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack's concept of a cyclical economic model for agriculture best illustrated in what is known as his whiteboard presentation. However, beyond the economic potential, the secretary notes the significance of how this could improve the social connections in rural America. It's not just about small and mid-sized producers, as important as they are. It's not just about maintaining populations in small communities, as important as that is for rural education, for small businesses, for quality health care in rural places. It's about making sure that we have sufficient numbers of people living in those communities that understand and appreciate and live every single day community. He acknowledges that in several parts of our country, there is perhaps a lost sense of community. Yet in rural America, community remains an integral part of the social fabric. He offered an example during his Ag Outlook Forum speech to illustrate community strengthened through a value-added economic approach. I was in Colorado recently, was talking to a farmer, and he told me that in the 1980s, his family, which a livestock operation, had to give up the capacity to actually produce livestock, their cattle operation, because of the difficulties we experienced. Family land, however, was retained through enrollment in USDA's Conservation Reserve Program. When the young farmer came of age, he decided to revive the family cattle operation. But he was smart enough to realize that he couldn't do it the way it had always been done. He knew that he had to create a more direct connection between his cattle and his customers. Income was generated via a local and regional food system. The sense of community kicked in when the small, local meat processor that served the Colorado farmer was set to close down. But because of a USDA program, this farmer said, hey, I'll take a leap. 
I'll buy that processing facility. I'll invest in it. I'll expand it. Why? Not just for my operation, but I know my neighbors depend on it. And I now can have an opportunity to profit not just from production, but also processing. And so can my neighbors can get a better price, a higher price, a better deal, because we're neighbors, because that's what we do. The result of this farmer's efforts. That small and mid-sized producer understood the value of value added, understood the necessity of figuring out ways in which his operation, as small and mid-sized as it was, could stay in business. He figured out multiple streams of revenue, but he did it in a way that reinforced community. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The U.S. Department of Agriculture projects U.S. agricultural imports to decrease in 2025. This comes after sustained growth with importers forecasted to reach a record $200 billion in 2024 before slowing down, according to economic projections released here recently. The slowdown is expected to be comparatively mild, falling from a peak of $200 billion in 2024 to a low of $193.1 billion in 2027. Following this decline, moderate growth is expected to resume and imports are projected to close at $211.9 billion in 2023. This according to the Office of the Chief Economist with USDA. And due to the relative strength of the current U.S. economy, the trade deficit is expected to be the largest in 2024 at $30.5 billion and then narrow as conditions such as moderating exchange rates facilitate the slowing of imports. A smaller trade balance is expected to persist through 2033, in part due to strong demand for processed foods from Canada and Mexico. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Net Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.